Pranksome Firth presents the podcast best bits of 2021. Do you go having a laugh or something? Oh, it's another conspiracy theory. Just, I think you're mad. I think you're bloody mad with that one. I think that you're mad. So, there. Um, it's not a best of, but if it was, it is a best of because this is going to be, be our short. best. It's going to be our best podcast. That's like, who the hell. fuck is editing that? You and, I, and, and I, also, but what are you editing? Yeah, well, there's that, but also, I've got no idea what we say. That's not, got this isn't like clue. that. No, listen, listen, listener, you should know this by now. You're eavesdropping in on a conversation. That's what this is. It's if not because we got... don't know this by now. How was that not cultural appropriation? Oh, what was that? Why was it? What, we're simply red? I think like a very ginger you northern... 40? No, that was, that was simply red. No, but... Yeah, obviously, yeah, I mean, you'd be 40 clearly was. Although I think majority of the members were black, so I think that's slightly t- t- different. But I tell you, these are the things that I, th- I don't know why people get away. My only impression I can do is of a black man. I can never do it because I don't know if it's racist. It is. Well, it is bad. It's a really good impression of something. No, but it's the things you say, Ash. You oh, have yeah, done that's for true. me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, <laughs> the, the things that, um, as we have said many times lately, seems to be a recurring current theme, that impressionist material is what is more offensive than anything. Yeah. And when I say offensive... Oh, here like, I go. I'm Nick Cage. I'm crazy because I'm Nick Cage. Says, what, what would it be like if Nick Cage and Boris Johnson went on a picnic? It's like, why would that happen? <laughs> uh, did you bring the sandwiches? Yes. No, that's not the case. <laughs> but it'd be like, I've got there's some scotch eggs in the basket over there. They're not using each other's mayonnaise. names. They should I'm, be. Using... I'm Nick Cage and I have <laughs> mayonnaise. I bust onto the right like cream because What about what about when they go? Oh, I, I think you might find. I think you might work out who this one is. Yeah. Oh, and then it's I'm like really a... unhappy at Wimbledon this year. I'm yeah, so I'm delighted that I won the tennis match. I'm absolutely thrilled. <laughs> but I'm... I'm Scottish, and my mum is my manager. Uh, oh, actually, I've just checked. I've won, so I'm English. And now, when I lose, I'm Scottish. <laughs> oh, really? That's so. What a hot take. Fresh material off the press. Uh... Uh, Passport actually changes when I go down the set. Oh, I was like, there are good impressionists, I'm sure. I there don't are. think any of them are. I don't. I tell you, I do, I do like it when people say the only person I've heard do a funny impression, and it was that actually what they said recently. I can think of was that Shane Gillis, who got banned from cancelled from Saturday Night Live for, for doing a racist podcast, but uh, he did My, it. He did an impression is, of you're Trump. You're so good at impressions. I can't I, listen. This this is not right. This is like some sort of weird voodoo. If I don't think about it, and I've never practiced it, and I've never done it before, the first three words that come out of my mouth, and I, even I can recognise this, are bang on. Then it starts getting further away. Then if I ever try and what, it's like the like atoms that if you look at them, they behave different. Yeah, I can't yeah. do them. I can't do them. I can only do it spontaneously. And my best impressions, like I said, the first five words out of my mouth when I've never thought about someone, 
Like, you might go, do you remember so-and-so from, like, 1984? Oh, that bloke wants to speak like this. Do you go, oh, my God, how can you do an impression of him? And then, then the it next falls day, away. Yeah, then the next day, I can't. I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's just so that I'm not, like, I'm not good at impressions. I've got no. an innate, I've got an innate weird... Yeah, you're, uh, you're, uh, your Morgan Freeman slips away after a couple of weeks. Now, that's the bit, though, isn't it? That it's like, oh, there, the penguin, there. That one. And everyone knows this. But if I was to, re- I'll really try and I'm putting myself out there. This could, this could backfire. And put, no. I was, I should, I've already shown people on the curtain, so fuck you. Here it goes. <clears throat> the first time I saw Andy Dufresne. I don't know. Was that any. <laughs> but again, it's just a famous line. But it has it? to be the line. That's it the thing. It has to be it. Say, Is like, that... I'm going to Tesco, but do it in that voice. Well, I'm going to Tesco. Oh, hang See, it doesn't on. work. See, it doesn't work, does it? That's the thing. Yeah, it's you've got to say what they would say. Yeah, because why, like, that's, that's why, why it doesn't work. That's why, it's and I shit. think that's why I think it's funny that when I say, not that funny, obviously, but like when you say to <laughs> Morgan Freeman, I always do the March of no, Penguins because it's it's not his famous thing, but it just makes yeah. me laugh that well, you wouldn't do that one. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, the penguin. He doesn't say oh, the penguin. He's not the the mum from. Uh... From Tom and Jerry. Oh, I can do her, but that is racist. That's what I can do. I can really do her. I used to do it when I was a kid. And before I knew that she was a slave or whatever she was, you know, the I just thought it was a yeah. yeah, I just thought it was a woman. Yeah, you know, yeah, housekeeper in uh, air quotes. But do we you all think know. she was forced? I never considered that. She was what they would call oh god, a was house. she not the she was a house person, not a field person. Was she not a um... Yes? Was she not the owner of the cat? There, there was a fucking like a fifty. Do you remember the Tom and Jerry house when you look back? It was like a fucking plantation yeah. colonial. Yeah, it was. It was like a huge fifteen bedroom. The sort of like the like a um, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's house out of Django. It's like that sort of thing. I've not seen it. Oh really? I yeah. thought you'd have been all over. Um, I only said quarantine over there. <laughs> Honestly, because that's obviously on my mind. Oh, quarantine. Yeah. yeah. That's, that, oh, we should make uh, a film Tarantino. about Reservoir Dogs where everyone's in lockdown called by, by Quarantino. Go on, do an impression. Just... Of who? I don't know. Someone from it. Okay. <laughs> I made the movie, okay? And listen, okay? Right. Okay, all right. I made the film and I directed it, okay? That was Quentin Tarantino. That was Quarantino. <laughs> it's... Yeah, I like it. It's Quarantino. Let's keep that as a character. It's Quarantino. Okay, I have a... A tin of beer at 10 o'clock this morning, okay? All right. I put in quite a bit of weight, all right, okay? He sort of speaks like that. Yeah, he does. Who was he? He was friends with, uh, was it? Harvey Weinstein's. Weinstein. Was he friends mm. with him? Worked for me. Harvey Weinstein was Miramax. He gave his break. They, they were very close. And he knew. I think he fucked himself and come out and said, kind of said, this is Quarantino. He said, yeah, um, we all sort of knew, but didn't do enough. Uh, and uh, Quinn of Paltrow. And like I said, it's fun to go back and what fun. It's interesting. No, not even interesting. It's shocking to go back and um, look at women in Miramax films and go, oh, she watched him wank into a plant pot. Because yeah. they're, they're there for no reason. Like, like I said, Pulp Fiction's got... The taxi driver in Pulp Fiction is the worst bit of casting ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a yellow cab driver at night, and it's like a, a model. Yeah, Catherine Z- Jones esque, beautiful sort of like um, Hispanic 
dime piece driving for, a, for no reason just driving a yellow cab at midnight like completely and then the one who's not a, a sort but she's definitely in it just for a reason is when the wolf goes to the scrapyard he comes walking out with the owner of the scrapyard who's like a 25 28 year old woman who clearly can't act and is just sort of smiling like she's thrilled to be in it do you know what i mean yeah and it's just the weirdest bit that bit i sort of forgot about that how was that justified by the people who weren't the sex predators? That's what I don't really well, understand. Well, he was the boss. He's like, I want you to put this woman in this scene. And they just go, what? And they go, yeah, I, I, you, well, hang on, who's paying for this film? All right, yeah, she's in. It's like that, isn't it? It's just, this is my bat and ball. I'll take it home if you don't play with it the way I want to sort of thing. But I can't remember what we was about to say. What anyway, say? Uh, I'm related. You So we've got guests next week on the podcast. Three women that I've never met are going to be on. Because Justin has insisted. <laughs> really strange. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got them coming on. Coming <laughs> on. Good term. I think Gwyneth Paltrow was, was one of his, weren't she? I've heard rumours that didn't Brad Pitt have to stand up for her and threaten him or something because of that? He yeah, kept trying well, to get in her room and she kept saying, no, you're not coming in my room or something. And then in the end, that's, the second, that's the second potentially crazy urban legend other than he was... Chased off by OJ Simpson, is that was that Brad Pitt? What? Was that Mike was that Mike Tyson? No, I think Brad Pitt was chasing off. Yeah, 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 but there's another rumour. Or uh, Oh didn't that rumour. Weren't OJ Simpson's wife banging Brad Pitt, or was it Mike Tyson's it might have been that Robin Gibbons who Mike Tyson was married to. What from the Bee Gees? Oh god, I've just realised how racist I am. Well how could it be that Mike Tyson or OJ Simpson? <laughs> One of those two. I don't they're know what they're both, in common. They're both major sports stars. Yeah, very threatening guys. So and... Robin Gibb from the Bee Gees was having an affair with... Hey, Robin Gibbons, not Gibbons. Robin Gibbons was awful. She's the one that married him and then, like... There's, that, there's this famous thing, you can watch it. She went on, like, an Oprah-type show. It might have actually been Oprah. And apparently, him and her were having a few little tiffs and nothing much. And she was like, fam- you know, she wanted to be famous. So she was like, well, she was famous, but she was like playing the game. And he's like a sports star. You don't have to do that, do you? So she's like, oh, we're going to go on Oprah and talk about our marriage. And oh, apparently- I've seen clips Yeah, of and they get on there and she just starts saying all this stuff he didn't know she was going to say. Yeah. And you can see he's just sitting there with his eyes up. So they're like a saucer. Just- I, I saw uh, clips from an interview he did with Amanda Hollerfield the other day where... Mm. Oh, it's with Larry King. Have you ever seen that? Where they he says, "Why did you buy him?" And he went, yeah. "I have said sorry." And he goes, "Yeah, but why did you do it?" He went, "I've said sorry." <laughs> he just—that's all he said was, "Oh, I did apologize." No, actually, can I correct you? He said sorry. Yeah, he had a list. That's your impression. Go on. I'm my defense is impregnable. My my defense is impenetrable. I'm Alexander, man. I want <laughs> fuck you till you love me. F word. Do you remember that, Ran? I've got a broken... I love that thing that you said where he said, I've broke my back. And he went, you broke your back? And he goes, oh, yeah, God. yeah. Then he goes, I, mean, I broke my back. And like, you've broken your back, Mike? Yeah, man. Uh, what sort of injury is it? I don't know, man. It's, it's a spinal. <laughs> spinal. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, your Mike Tosh is very close to your Darius Davies impression. No, that's not true. <laughs> don't lie. Why are you lying? Because <laughs> Darren's Chinese, isn't he? <laughs> 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 <laughs>
He's actually Iranian. I know he's Iranian. Well, he's not. He likes to. But that's that's funny, his yeah, I saw someone post something on social media the other day saying, I'm looking for an Iranian Yeah, I tagged him. Thing. Yeah, but... <laughs> so you tagged him. And then he said something like, Oh, hello, I'm Iranian. Like I am. And then someone commented, It must be a friend of his, went, Fuck off, you're not Iranian. <laughs> <laughs> You're Chinese. I think he is Iranian. I just really like the fact that I someone know, was like, like "No, you know." I've got a joke along the similar lines. What do you think he's making up to impress you? Yeah, it's so weird. Why did someone? When say I go that? out on the, you know, when I used to go out on the pool, Ash, I used to always tell birds I was Iranian. Yeah, they like love a it. charm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. But it was really weird. I I don't know who it was. It's not someone I knew that had said it. So it's like. I don't know whether they knew him. There might have been what... someone who's more Iranian. I think you've yeah, got to be yeah. more Iranian up the Iranian totem pole to warrant such a comment. Yeah, I think that might be what it was. He wasn't Iranian enough. Conspiracy corner, conspiracy corner. Woo! Oh, yes! Well, I've just got to bring this up because I'm sitting here uh, in my squeaky stool. Yeah. Um, Your uh, Patreon money is going to the right places, listener. Yeah, if, if the next lot that comes in, I'm going to... I'm going to save up that three months of Patreon and buy a can of three-in-one oil. Yeah, not even WD-40. Just no, no, I can't afford that. Any, no. If you can't get it in QD, I can't afford it. Do they have well, QD in other places in the country? Is that yeah, I think so. No, no, they have that, I think. Because I live right near the headquarters. I just need to put out, we've got two guest podcasts coming up in the new year. Oh, those can... women I've got. On... Oh, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Oh, basically, that is what happened. <laughs> <laughs> two people have basically paid to be on, so... yeah. Yeah, they have. Wherever I mean, they can either pay or, or watch me shower. It's up to you. I mean, yeah, yeah I'd pay. But um, how much would you charge for a listener to watch you shower? Genuinely, like, how man, much? Or, man or woman? It's Yanis, isn't it? Let's break. Let's be honest. Well, I've got to pay him. No, what? Oh, right. No, that's <laughs> hold on. Oh, you phrased this, that. This has changed. Oh, I'd pay like five hundred quid to have that happen. <laughs> Well, actually, shower or like a fake one? I've got no, no, no. You've got to fully shower. Like He's sitting on the toilet. And, and I've got, got a lot of properly, like, clean on my arse and bollocks and that. In front you've of got to walk into the room. Mm. You don't acknowledge him in any hang way. Hang on, hang on. I do not want Yanis watching me walk into a shower. This might be, no, this, this is what I'm be, asking. This might oh. be appealing to a historical <laughs> fantasy of his. No, 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 no. <laughs> Are you sure it's a shower? Okay, it might not be Yanis, but just Yanis in mind, okay? Oh, no. Right, so Yanis is in the toilet. You're not allowed to acknowledge him in any way, but he will be watching in, what's the word, intently. So, how much? You've got to walk in, strip off. I don't know what, do you fold your clothes, pop them on the laundry basket? 75. Seventy-five quid. Yeah. Well, what do you think? I mean, what do you think? About ten grand or something? I don't give a shit to play rugby. <laughs> I don't know why. Fifty for cash. I'm, no, I've got to say, I was thinking of the fostering. It was a really funny number, and I thought oh, that's the yeah, funniest one. It was. It turns out it was. Because it sounds like something you get charged for doing like someone, I don't know, changing a bulb in your hob or something. Oh, my God. Imagine that. 75 quid, 75 quid at the end of the day. What do you care? You're 46 years oh, old. Oh, mate, that's a, that's half a shit. That's a half a shit. 
shopping trolley full of grub, isn't it? Yeah, For a shower. True. And it don't matter, does it? What? Yeah. yeah. Who cares if Yannis sees your little cock and bollocks? So, okay, little, instead of paying 75 quid, time. instead of paying 75 quid, now this take the fantasy to where he gets a role in a major motion picture. He gets a role in this podcast. Yeah, who's really, who's really like fucking moaning about that? No one, not me. God, I don't know, probably. But anyway, the conspiracy, it's not conspiracy, it's the truth, I'm deciding to see if that's the <laughs> last point. Is that, Pete, I noticed that we've not been locked down. No, I'm and not locked down. I've, I've, I've seen a lot of um, people getting angry about it. Have you? Oh, that's weird. That is strange. But then, see, it's a weird situation where you see it growing, and like even you the other day were like, fucking hell. Something's happening. Like there's yeah. so many people go down with it, but there is a weird thing. Like some people are like, "Oh, this is incompetent. This is rubbish." But I have seen people who are vehemently having a go at them for not doing it quick enough, like going, "Oh, not again." I have seen it on both sides. I've no, that's true. Who are like, can I just it. say? And both sides do this. And this is the thing. Going back to my thing about the truth should never be politicized. What is the truth? And. I'm going to say the phrase that everyone's been fucking follow the science, yeah? And when, when they... I saw this thing that said... It was on, like... It was, it was either BBC. It was, a, it was something. It wasn't like a fucking nutty YouTube video. It was like a mainstream outlet. It said, uh, experts, data shows, restrictions aren't really that useful in fighting COVID, so they're not going to impose any at this time. And everyone's going... What I say is, people will say, follow the science, you must have a vaccine. And then the same people can say, follow the science. No, no, they don't follow the science when it don't suit them. The science should be the science. Yes. So if you're going to follow the science, you've got to follow it when it doesn't... It's like, what's the opposite of confirmation bias? It's like the science comes out, apparently, or data comes out and says, restrictions aren't that effective in the stop of Omicron, especially. And then people come out and go, oh, this they should lock us down. They're insane. The NHS is going to be overwhelmed, isn't it? It's like, well, I don't know how to say it, but it's really fucking weird that it's like evidence comes out. Confirmation bias is when evidence comes out. And if it supports what you already think, you really go into it. You know, you support it and go behind it. But I don't think there's a phrase for the opposite, which I've been seeing a lot of, which is evidence is saying the restrictions don't really do anything. So we're not going to do them right now, especially with this Omicron one. And people are going, well, I'm going to ignore that science. But I, would, I, follow, I was shouting, follow the science from the rooftops and I wouldn't want to get vaccinated for whatever reason. Who knew? Oh, I nearly choked to death. Yes. Who knew that, um, that people would change their opinion and be hypocritical? I didn't. No, but I that's never what I'm saw saying. But I'm saying you don't. Okay. You don't have to be hypocritical if you actually follow the science. Because science can change. And if you say, at the time, the science was we're going to have to lock down. To st- and anyway, this Omicron's different. It is different. It ain't as bad. And they're saying they're not seeing as many hospital admissions. Or they were. I don't know. I ain't got fucking... I don't know. Yeah, I've not been up to date with it. That's the exactly. problem. I don't that know. That is the problem. But Ash, you can say, at the time, the science was this. At the time, the science said get vaccinated. If in two years, it turns out that it's a terrible mistake, all of it, they won't... You can be a hippie and go, oh, well, the science now says it's all a mistake... If you if you follow it to the letter, then you're not really a hypocrite, are you? You're just doing on the sort of like going on current information. Yes. But it's like it's when you bring in that religious element to it or faith to it, where it's like I'm a 
pro-vaxxer, I'm an anti-vaxxer, I'm a pro-lockdown, I'm a, I'm a non-mask wearer. I'm, and you'd nail your colours to your mask and you'd pick and choose what the science says. Because let's face it, this is the thing about what I don't understand is people say, follow the science, blah, blah, blah. But there's always this phrases like, oh, the data can be interpreted as X and then Y, which means science ain't definitive either. No, it shouldn't be. No, but with science, like you can say, uh, if you put, uh, very simplify it, if you put diesel in a petrol car, it won't work. Yep. That's science in a way, isn't it? That's just like a fact. But when it comes to like this, all diseases, it seems like, even when you look into it, did I tell you about that time when I was thinking about this <laughs> random, it sounds like it, when I was thinking about having a vasectomy? No. When I was thinking about having a vasectomy, Ash. Go on. That's it. I just want to. Just want to say that. No, but I was thinking that. And, was... <laughs> and my friend had one, and his partner was a nurse, and they was explaining it. And he was sort of not, they weren't sort of pushing it, but they're going, Yeah, I was going, I had my two kids there, and I was, you know, at the time, following the signs at the time, I was happily married. Yeah. So things changed. And I was like, Yeah, I might get it done. And she was going, Yeah. I said, What do they, she's a nurse. And I said, What What do they actually, I don't even know a lot about it. She goes, Oh, Okay, did your balls not make sperm? She goes, oh, yeah, they just they cut the tube so the sperm can't get into the bladder. You've got a bladder. A spunk uh, bladder? Yeah, spunk bladder. And it goes from you, the sperm goes up into that spunk bladder and then it comes out of that, basically. And she goes, oh, yeah, the, so that's if people think that, that see, your spunks don't come out of your balls when you, when you jizzle. It comes out of that. What? Yeah, so no, it, goes no one knows pre, it goes into yeah. like a departure lounge. You've got, you've got a bladder with spunks in. And then the fluid comes from a different bladder and it mixes it in the pew, tube. Pew, 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 so, pew. So I go, your balls, because I thought they sort of switched your balls off, but they don't. So I, this is a fucking NHS nurse, right? I go, she goes, no, the, your balls still produce sperm. It just can't get out of the sack. And I went, what? yeah. And you know, like, when I was a kid, they, well, when I was a kid, they say I was billions or millions. I go, I go, where does it go? She goes, oh, well, that's a bit, you know, that's a bit of a sort of like grey area because some experts think that the testicles reabsorb them and some people think, I said, stop you there, I'm not getting it done. That no. does not sound good. Yeah, but you're asking a nurse. She's not a surgeon. No, but she reckons that some doctors say it does this. and so, Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> Edit that out. She might have been a porter in the hospital. Don't mean she knows no, that. No, she was an actual Don't... nurse. She didn't do vasectomy, but she... and her husband had just had one. I'm guessing she'd have asked. I don't know. Let me tell you my vasectomy story. I've not had a vasectomy because I'm scared of needles. I would. I would. If I wasn't scared of needles, I'd have it done. I don't want that mistake. I don't think they do it with a needle, mistake. mate. Cut that out. Not halal. I reckon you have to have injections to, in your yeah. ball bag. I don't think you do. I don't think you're being knocked out. I reckon they're injecting your ball bag to numb it up. I've yeah, never fallen for that old trick again. I'd have had no. it done yeah. three years ago. I, yeah, well, it's too Although late I've now, got mate. baby coming now and it's going to be great. I'm just yeah, talk about start. fucking bolting the horse. No. Bolting the, the horse. Do- don't bolt, bolt the horse. Bolt the door. That's a good fact. The bolt it can be used as the horse bolting and bolt not bolting the You've door. You've got to bolt right? the gate before the horse bolts. Talk about bolting the gate after the so horse So bolting a door means to stop it, and for saying to bolt means to escape. Talk about bolting the horse before the bolt. The horse is bolted through the bolted gate. So does bolt to bolt to mean run off? Come from the someone's left the bolt out of the gate. Is that where this? Talk about it's bolted. It's talk about bolting the gate. Should be unbolted. Yeah, talk about unbolting the gate before the horse is bolted. Hmm. 
So anyway, the point is... I like love that. that I've got a kid coming. I think it's great. That's the key takeaway. That's I'm not tired. That's... I'm not exhausted. That will go in the best of on Mother's Day. But um, <laughs> no, but uh, so anyway, the point is, I think if they don't even know what happens to spunks, as far as I know... Well, she I'm... doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't. That but... woman that you know that is a nurse, may or may not be a nurse, she doesn't know. Anyway, so uh, the, my mate who had it done, he... Um... They said wear swimming trunks, wear speedo type <laughs> swimming trunks after the operation, yeah. or at least very tight briefs. And he just didn't and wore um, boxers and it all come unstitched and oh, bled everywhere. Yeah, he had a right old yeah. fucking time of it, apparently. So my cousin had it done. And a couple of days after, it swelled up like a te- like he had a tennis ball in his ball bag. <laughs> It swelled up to like the size of like a ping pong ball. Yeah, well, no, to, to like a tennis ball. Right? And his cock got like a huge, like a fucking huge distended, huge cock. distended cock, like a baby carrot. It was nearly as big as. It's huge. It was like a raisin, right? It got that big. And it, but like, a raisin that's been left in the washing up sink and swelled up a bit, like a bit of penne. When it, it goes got back to being a grape. Yeah, they do make a break for it, didn't they? Hey, you, what about if you sold a box of box of raisins and just said this is dehydrated grapes, just add water? Is that yeah. why is the difference? Is no, that like no. the magic beans of um, Jack and the Beanstalk? That was actually a box of sun-made raisins. Little could, known fact. Could be. It was. So he, uh, they basically said to him, uh, he, they had to, I think, do some draining of his sack. And then they said to him, basically, he had to test it out because it had got this infection or whatever. And he had to uh, wank off into a pot to make sure that it wasn't there wasn't blood in it and stuff like that. So mm. he had to get in the bath. Apparently he had to be in the bath. So and then his wife just apparently he had to go in there and sort of do it. And then his wife was standing outside going, how's it going? Have you managed to do it yet? It's like this just can't happen. This is impossible. Well, did you not ask invite her in? I mean, and she couldn't touch it because it was too incredibly painful. Hmm. It's just like, yeah, women get that with their vaginas, don't they? What too painful a vagina? You can't touch it because it's too painful. Like you know, about sort of like four or five days a week, don't they? Yeah, well, you can only do it on a Sunday, a mm. Saturday. When it doesn't hurt. Yeah. it's excruciating, isn't it? All well, the time. My girlfriend says. Yeah, same. You can't touch me there. It's Don't look at pain. me. Don't look. Get out. Go sleep in the spare room. Yeah. But I did notice at Christmas, I don't know about you, in Christmas I can see there's a lot of um, divisions in the family along vaccines and stuff. Didn't really get into it, but I think it's definitely, there's a distance. It's, it's causing a rift in society, isn't it? Let me um, let me guess. Is your dad very, very, very pro-vax? No, he's pro-vax. I don't think he, not very, very. But oh, I'm... I wouldn't have had that having heard him and known of uh, of him. I had had something. What someone said in our Discord that if you don't, he did say the old classic, which is so easy to argue against. If you don't get the vaccine, you should pay for your own medical care. Yeah. The myth being that we get it for free. Like, we fucking do pay for it anyway. Yeah, we don't pay enough, though, do we? Like, in, like we don't pay its value, do we? What do you mean? Where like, do you think you they get the money from? Yeah, but we don't pay... 
Like, if I went and had a heart operation, yeah, yeah, but okay. I won't have paid that much money, will I? What, what by, by when? By the time you die or retire? Yeah, of course yeah. you would have done. You've got to take over your whole lifetime, haven't you? Yeah, That's like so... saying I bought a car, it only cost me a grand. I have to give them uh, 1,500 quid every month, but it only cost me a grand. How much do you pay towards the NHS every month? I don't know. I'm asking depends that question. You, depends on what I can't even say the word. Okay, so, so, right, so you're angry because you've already paid for your NHS is what you're saying. No, no, no I'm not. I'm saying it's not free. Well, Same it is for some of us, isn't it? What, people who don't work? No, no, people who work, people who don't claim, people who, you know. So you, you're saying <laughs> the, the NHS isn't free. Hold on, I'm just saying, okay, I'm just going to say this. There's some people who are on very uneasy ground with this kind of conversation when they say that, and it's always them that are really vehement about it. Mm -hmm. What sort of people do you mean? (laughs) I'm talking about, I've met them. Jimmy Carr. Jimmy Carr, for example, yeah. Yeah, I know what you're saying. And he would be going, not necessarily in. Okay, let's just say, when I was a kid, I used to read this little book, oh, I don't know if you heard of it, Robin Hood. Oh, yeah. And in that book, the hero uh, was skipping about in the woods. A bit weird now, I think about it, with a load of merry men. Yeah. And um, the baddie was the tax man. And he had to, it's like, like to, back to Tom and Jerry, isn't it? That uh, you got the cat to catch the mouse, and it's the mouse's job not to get caught. Yeah. If the fucking cat don't catch the mouse, that's the cat's looking out. So. I can moan. Who are you talking about? I don't understand this analogy. Um, we're supposed to pay for the NHS, and if some people get away with it, then that's their fault for not enforcing uh, But it. do you think so? Like, because when you hear about it in America, like to have a baby is about thirty grand. That seems reasonable. I mean, I've I've seen people paying two and a half grand for a dog. I don't know. <laughs> A human's got me worth more than a dog, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But do we pay that much? This is the thing about it. Just, How it, much does terrible. it cost to have a baby? I don't know. What's the cost of, like, when we go into hospital and we have this baby in a few days' time, months' time, weeks' time, however, whoever, when the fucking kid's coming, who knows? Yeah, why but, is your kid not coming? I don't know what his problem is, mate. Do you play at the Pranks of Firth podcast to a barely listening and fuck that I'd stay in here? That's what I reckon that is. To. I reckon yeah. that is a big part of it. Yeah, you should play some something else. I should do. Anyway, I've, I haven't finished my argument. but no, even... Yeah, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying to enjoy, I'm just joining in with your argument. Right. If it, How much it costs to have a baby? I don't know Nothing. what it costs the NHS. What oh, what it costs them? I don't know. It depends on long your labour is and how you and do then, it. So I'm, I haven't paid for that, have I? I haven't paid that many thousands. I don't know well, how much you, I pay. You, have, you will do. And, Ash, this baby... Not the way it's going, mate, I won't. Jesus. Hey, look, this baby that you and your wife have made, thinking, oh, we're going to have this beautiful little baby, that machine's like, oh, we've got to make sure that baby survives so we can milk that for tax for the rest of its life. It's in the machine. It's a great system. That is a great system. Have so anyway, babies pay tax. Yeah, of course. So listen, if you're going to argue that unvaccinated people, right, cost the NHS more money, you can, like I say, let's go along with that. I would, let's say that's true. That Let's say that I'll, I'll go quite high in this country. Let's say, and this is probably way high, Let's say 100,000 people that wouldn't have been hospitalised were because they weren't vaccinated. That 100,000 people that had to go on ventilators pales 
into insignificance of the cost of the NHS vaccinating people under the age of, let's say, 23 that COVID is known to hardly fucking touch. That's a bigger waste of money is vaccinating people that really don't need it. So don't tell me it's just about the money. Another thing, so if you're not vaccinated and you've got to pay for your own uh, healthcare, like I said to you the other week on it, I said, what if you don't, if, they, if the police ambulance turns up to a car wreck and you weren't wearing your seatbelt, leave you on the side of the road. If you smoke, you can't get done, you shouldn't have lung cancer treatment. If you're fat, you shouldn't have a, it's the personal life choices we make. And do you know what you don't get to choose? What the, you don't get to choose whether you want to pay for the NHS or not. You're forced to. I'm not, I'm not anti-NHS, but that argument doesn't hold any water in my mind because, again, people interpreting the facts and looking at these three facts and ignoring those three facts. When I look at all the facts, I think, and I come up with my own little... I, I'm good at looking at the facts. <laughs> well, you, I just really... got facts about it today and I looked at it and <laughs> it came from... Do you remember facts paper was like? Toilet paper. From it worked 80s. by heat, didn't yeah, it? So it wasn't any, yeah, why have we done away with the facts? Uh, email. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, good shout. Didn't think of that. We used to, me and my mate used to send, um, what would you call it? Like, fake faxes? No, what's like, what was it called? Like, nuisance faxes. Foes. Yeah, foes. We used to send foes to um, radio stations and stuff. And just like, because you could fax in, it'd be like on Talk Sport, which was Talk Radio, whatever it was called then. It'd be like, oh, faxing, blah, 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 blah. And we just used to send in, I don't know if we ever, I think we did get stuff read out. But we just spent hours just sending in shit faxes. Isn't that weird? I heard an anecdote. I don't know where, it's about someone who was on some comic. It might have been a norm. But they sent, like, every week, they sent, like, 50 jokes to Saturday Night Life by fax. Have you heard this? No. Yeah, and they sent 50 jokes every week to fax to Saturday Night Live in the hope of sort of, like, getting... And they never, ever used their jokes for, like, six, seven years. And they would tell it, and then they found out they had the wrong number. No! Yeah, so every week, some bike... I don't know, mechanic, was just getting these topical jokes. So was it an actual paid writer that was doing it, did you say? No, 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 it was a comic that was sort of like, what do you call it, on spec, just sending jokes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just submitting jokes and going, I've never had a fucking joke on. And 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 I think they got an audition, said, I'll send you all these jokes every week. They're like, what? They don't. And they went, what? And they checked it, it was like the wrong fucking number or something. That's amazing. But think being the person, you might think, oh, you know, on CFAX and a jokes page, yeah. Back then, you might have thought, oh, these faxes are good. They, they send, you get jokes out of them every week. <laughs> Thinking it was a thing, I don't know. Yeah. Part of the sort of fax experience. <laughs> oh, here it comes again every Friday. It's bloody good. Some of that one's no good. But <laughs> all you just, they didn't reply. So. <laughs> that was very Norm MacDonald. That What's that? Just throw a jo- No, not that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We read jokes. And they'd always go, who writes these? Oh, I can't say. Some guy. And then he'd put Adam Eager. Adam yeah. wrote this one, it'd be really racist. Yeah, a Holocaust denying joke. Um, uh, I, his I son I wrote one, didn't he? He did do one that was from his son, I remember. Dylan, yeah. I, I, I think I miss him more now. Not missing him, know him. Yeah, Bob Dylan. No, uh, Norm. I'm yeah. more upset about it now. 
I keep I, watching him still. I still can't. I've not uh, watched the special yet. That's the biggest tragedy here, that you've lost that. Yeah. I will I get back clip. to it. I just find it very, very difficult to watch. I haven't I love seen him. it yet. Have you seen Sorry? It's Louis C.K.'s new one. No. Yeah, oh, when was that? Now. Oh, I haven't no. seen it. He's just got like, you know, like when Elvis made the comeback and he had his name in lights behind him in big letters. Yeah. Louis C.K. just says sorry on the back of the stage. Because they were saying he didn't say sorry enough in his last yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've seen a clip from it on YouTube and it's so fucking good. And it's something that oh, I thought about. He goes, I was watching a scene from a film. He goes, I like the film, but this scene always bothered me. And he goes, and the, scene, the film is, sorry, um, Goodwill Hunting. And I thought, I bet it's that fucking... I got it. I, I thought, I bet he's going to say about that, do you like apples scene? And it's about that. It's so fucking good. But I watched it and I just sort of cracked. I was like, oh, he smokes, he smokes loads of weed when he writes. It's such a weed thought. Do you know what I mean? I can just, I can sort of smell the weed in the, in the bit. Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'd spot it. Well, I'm just saying when you watch it, it's so like him, it's, it's fucking great because it's like, and like we struggle when we talk, not struggle, but the hardest thing about writing to, I feel like I could make anything funny, but I just can't sit on what to write about. And this is such an innocuous little thing that no one else would think to pick up. It's so... it, it seems too niche, but it isn't. It's really fucking... I mean, just I, I really admired it as a... I, I always find... Like, when I do write a bit, it, it, it normally comes almost fully formed. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. So, it, again, so that's what I'm saying. The stumbling block tends to be what do you think about for that long enough period for it to arrive fully formed yeah. it's almost like a radio what what frequency do you want to tune the radio to pick up and i think there's like so in your brains like a like a roller decks of subjects and things and memories you can think of right like all these sort of like a like a flicker book of things right yeah and which one do you sort of like look for which but that's pick- how writing like actually sitting down and spending time writing you would probably work it but I've never been able to do that I'll sit I down would go, be a better staff writer like what we said on Saturday on a show like where people come in and said oh this is the thing we've got to make yes, jokes about and totally I could, agree I could bang jokes out like when, when I had it- to write a special I'm going to call it a show yeah. and I go right this is what it is like you actually gave me the best bit of advice for that surprise surprise uh, where you spoke about building a show where you're like, right, I've got an over, I know what the idea of the show is, like the, the nuts and bolts of it. Mm-hmm. Then you thought of it as a framework. Skeleton like a, or something, a, yeah. Yeah, like you, I think you said like a framework to a barn or a house. Yeah. And then you've got to basically fill it in. Yeah. And that, when I did that, I was like, oh, well, then I can do it. Like, and yeah. I made jokes and I used jokes that I had. I put them yeah. in place and I was like, right, how do I get from there to there? But well, the truth, what people wouldn't understand, and you know from experience and doing it, is if you have built this barn, you might on your first day of Edinburgh have no fucking hay in it. But yeah. after a week, there's a ton of hay in it. After two, I'm saying like the final proper polish you do at Edinburgh. You don't, it doesn't turn up on the first day, a barn full of hay, does it? You turn up with the framework and the boards all done and the, the door on. And then, then by the end of Edinburgh, it's a fucking working barn full of hay and all fleshed out. And then, because we're not touring comedians, it just goes in the bin. Yeah, you chuck it in the bin. And then you go, oh, that, 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 that eight-minute bit that killed in Edinburgh, I'm just going to do that in the club. 
And then you come and do a club on a Friday night and you do this eight minute bit that got a round of applause in Edinburgh and everyone looks at you like you're fucking talking yeah, to them whilst chewing shit with your mouth open. And it's all <laughs> full. And they're just staring at you, chewing shit. And it's all dribbling down your chin. And they're like, why is he chewing shit? That's disgusting. And you go, oh, yeah. this not, not better not do it. This isn't for you. Actually, yeah, it's all me. This is for the bin. <laughs> Should have just spat it straight in the bin instead of chewing it in front yeah, of everyone. Sorry, That's everyone. That's the worst thing, isn't it? Sorry, everyone. Yeah, I, do you ever have it? We go into a long bit, and or a bit that sometimes we're like, I've got a bit that I'm trying to make good. I'm trying, but the only way you can do it is by saying it. And sometimes I'm in it, and I'm like, oh, I don't I, know. I'm not. I'm bored of this, and it's new. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm two sentences in. And you're, I know be... you're not going to like this. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, that's what you call losing confidence in the bit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of advice, I just want to shout out. I've been speaking in private on Discord. Oh, yeah. To our little stand up in stand up. I mean, I feel like someone who's listened to our pod and thinks, well, if them cunts can do it, I can. And doing stand up is a bit like when someone gets married off Blind Date or Big Brother or something. It's like yeah. we. It's like our little... Anyway, he said to me... Yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I agree. It is that. Yeah. It's like... And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and we, we turned up at his gig with hats on, didn't we, or whatever. Yeah. Did that happen? That happened when they... When, yeah, that did happen in Blind Date when people got married, didn't it? Like, Scylla would turn up in a hat, wouldn't she? I think that was when she had cancer, mate. What did she die of? She fell over and banged her head, didn't she? Yeah, she had a Laura Laura head trauma. I mean, that is up there. With, I feel like Les Dennis. Laura Laura. That's another one, isn't it? Anyone could do an impression of Silla Blake. Like, Laura Laura. <laughs> yeah, not many people would have done Laura Laura head trauma, though, I don't think, mate. Did she actually fall and bang her head? I thought you just made yeah. it up. No, oh, no, I no. She did. Not as much as Kirsty McCall. Another red. Why is it those redheads? She didn't fall and bang her head, did she? No, someone fucking drove a ship into her head. Like the Titanic. Is, it got... like, is that an iceberg? We better go around it. Oh, no, it's, a, it's an Irish folk singer. Just full steam ahead. Well, I think we'll make it. I think is that what got, happened? I think you've got to stop making fun about people dying of head trauma. Why, who else is that? Who, why, who, these are ages ago, and they were very... No, 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 I just think... It, I don't, I'm not comfortable laughing at it. I, I didn't, know you. I didn't know you were laughing. I was just, and that's I, your I, fault. I, if, uh, I think it's a good way to go. Oh, it's a lovely way to go. Oh, I don't man. think yes. you're aware, are you? Slip over in your holiday home and smash your brains in, yeah. Is that what happened? I think so. Right, I'm going to put a theory at her husband and smashed her head and then covered it up. Do you think? What? What, Scylla Black's husband smashed Bobby. Her I even know his, her husband was called Bobby. Bobby Black. Her name was Scylla White, wasn't it? Did she marry a nemesis? <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess. And their, daughter is, their son was Dorian Gray. <laughs> Did she marry a nemesis? That's what... You've been on absolute fire recently. I honestly right. think that you're wasted doing stand-up. <laughs> wasted doing stand-up. That's what I'm doing. That's exactly what someone should be I think you should be doing comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so he asked me. He said, can you watch my stand-up clip and uh, bully me? Should we say who he is? Yeah, yeah, Sam, Sam, Sam McLaughlin. Well, see, I can't think of his name. It's Sam McLaughlin White. Sam Coughlin White, isn't it? 
So he... Uh, Sam King, as he likes to be I known. watched his whole set. I put, hey, Sam, I actually... I don't know if this... I chromecasted it, so I was in the lounge watching it on my big screen over Christmas period. Like my dad does with your stuff. Yeah, yeah, every day. I had, I asked me and him had a chat on the phone last night. Lovely. That wouldn't yeah. surprise me. You're not coming around New Year's Eve, are you? <laughs> <laughs> They're quite close. They're quite close up there. They could do. No, I'm not, you're not going to this. I don't think they invited you, did they? <laughs> you he, said, he said, don't tell Ash. Me and your brother and your dad. We're going to see the new year in. Oh, that'd be nice to, to be fair. What else my mum up to? They've asked me to wear a stuffed swimming hat with newsprint. <laughs> 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 They've asked me to wear a pillowcase full of duck feathers on my head. I don't know why. That's weird. It is weird. Just for, just for the pictures, I think. Probably makes sense somewhere. Yeah. So uh, I watched it and I, look, Sam, I'm addressing you personally now, <laughs> I guess. I, well, no, I'm not, but I, I just realised that, I don't know what you, what I realised that when you do stand up, the sort of advice, I looked, I thought, what can I actually tell him? Because you can't tell someone what jokes to do in it. But I just picked up a couple of technical things. And I said, look, if you want to do it, you just, well, you have to just keep doing it. And I said, you're not behind the curve. You're exactly where you should be when you're brand new. Let's face it. And I said, uh, but there's this t- couple of technical things you do, do that you could stop now. And I wish, I didn't say this because it's a bit egotistical, but I thought, I wish someone had told me stuff like Yeah, that. yeah. Well, I did this. I basically did the same thing, but I didn't, I wasn't quite so technical. Well, I, 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 I think if a new, brand new act asks advice, I think the only way I'm going to ever approach it, if I want to do it, is technical. I'm not going to go, oh, you haven't found your voice. I said you, when you find your voice, but I said until then, you've got to stop doing that little tiny thing. I'll tell you what he did. He kept pulling his mic away from his mouth, like only a half a jo- At the end of a joke. In every sentence. Yeah. So it came across like almost like a, you know how people used to, how a, you people used to read out a, what's it called? A telegram. Where it's going like, we are, the, the Nazis are invading, stop. We did it, stop. Stop. It's like that. Yeah punctuated from this little tick of I said just I said look at I didn't say this either I meant to say to him so I'm saying it now Sam he's listening he's listening yeah if you look at every picture of me on stage online or on my social media or whatever my mic is touch I stick it to my chin even now and I just think that's one thing I haven't got to think about then because when I first started did you ever do, be, do it on stage when you first started and all of a sudden you'd be you my hand would be almost down by my belt holding the microphone I forget to hold it to my fucking mouth. No, I never had that, luckily. Oh, right. Well, I sort of like forget. You go, famously did a little hand gesture at one particularly bad gig about 10 years ago. Yeah, that, I think that was about the time when I started getting, not, I don't want to say freer, but thinking, oh, I don't Yeah, it was because it. you were like, this is so bad. You did a little dance, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I just like, did a little, da, 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 just to feel the silence. For me. People. For me. You and did when it for pe- me. When people used to laugh, I thought, no one's laughing here. So you gave a little dance and looked at me. I did. Little, did a little, um, what'd you call it? I can't remember what's new. What's it? Twerk. That's timely. I'm so in touch with the kids. I've been twerking, mate. Do you remember the Edinburgh about? Carry on about Sam. You've got to carry on about Sam. Oh, that was it. I just told him very technically, stop pulling the mic away from me. I said, I want you to send me your next clip. And I said, I, I want to watch and I do not want that microphone to leave your chin. Hold it to your chin under your mouth and do not move it. That's your homework. And then that's. I've just saved you six fucking months there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't. I can't remember what I said, but I thought we started off quite well. 
I think well, uh, another comment. I, you might not want me to make this public. Maybe I, I don't give a this. fuck, Sam. Yeah, I said you'd start off more one-liners, and then towards the end, you said you was doing more anecdotes, but you said you delivered it in the exact same way, and you can't. You yeah, know, that's like that's so that that sort of staccato I'm going to use um, delivery of one-liners can work because they're non sequiturs and they're more obscure. But then when you start talking about you know your life and anecdotes, you can't. Then you got. And I said to him as a practice, just at home. Pick a bit and just deliver it in 15 different ways. Do it really fast, do it really slow, do it deadpan, do it overexcited, do it in Scottish, do it in Morgan Freeman, just at home, just so you know you can just learn to change gear even if you're not changing for the right reasons. And That's an just, important thing. That is an important thing. That's what I said to him. I said to him, stand up, we've got one tool, we've got one instrument. I can't remember my advice to him, but I gave him some advice. I think it was all good. Yeah, he said mine was better. Yeah, that's, he, that's you know, it's fair. He probably... He didn't say that, by the way. Um, but I think it was good. I think it showed promise. And um, he wasn't, like you said, I think he was bang on for where he should be. I don't think, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I exactly. didn't see him and go, oh my God, no. Yeah. And to be honest, I've been wrong about that in the past. I've seen people and gone, oh, they're terrible. And then they're on telly now. <laughs> and I still, I still think they're terrible. But I yeah. said to myself, they'll never get anywhere. Not realising what the game's actually about. Yeah, it doesn't matter about how good. No, they are. it doesn't. No, no, no. Clearly not. I've had it where uh, r- people who run gigs have said to me, um, "Jesus Christ, this person's absolutely awful. They mm. provided nothing." And then they've said, "Oh, have you seen that person's? They're in mock the week or mm. whatever." Mm. And then. But that that's someone who's running gigs has said that. You know what I mean? It's not like mm. it's not like an act feeling jealous and saying oh, I think right. some bookers are in team again, it's a little bit not there's some bookers that are team club comic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'll that's be right. like, I don't care about fame, this is my favourite act. And they're ones that have got their own and then you've got the ones that maybe don't trust their own opinion. So then what do you go on? Then you go on the court of public opinion don't that's you? true and you go well this person is on telly this person i think that's quite common actually i think i, I, will I speak thought to in, a... i thought in comedy there'd be more i am shocked at the lack of what i would call comedy aficionados that actually run comedy and it's more of a, a business yeah they, they don't go do you know what that person would sell more tickets but they're not as funny as this person that's been slogging away and yeah. I just thought there'd be more of a sort of like meritocracy about it. There is the odd person that's like, yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't book them because I think they're shit and they just book. But they all tend to book the same acts. Yeah, I think that's quite common. I do think that's quite common that there's a, plenty of clubs that will book someone and go, I don't get it, but people love it. Yeah. But there's acts that I've seen that do, not maybe even TV, but that are up on this ladder. Mm. Like, like in, in the industry it's and not I've the out- only ever seen them die and eat shit this is what i really don't understand like i know i'm not seeing all their gigs i completely understand that but there's times where i'm like i don't i don't get it and you're dying every time i gig with you you're dying on your ass like the room stunk you've stunk this place out and then i've seen them do stand up on telly and done the same it's yes. not like that. It's not like they got in that context, and all of a sudden it works. It's like, oh god, they're still dying. So then, how does it? And then you see them on there again. I always thought it was a merit. I thought it was going to be like sport. Like you, you, you're at the football club. You play you for the promoted. second. 
You play for the seconds. The manager goes, right, we're 3-0 up. Let's stick Ash on for the last 20 minutes and see. And you go on in the Premier League or whatever, you know, the, the, the first team, basically, whatever league you're in. And then they go, oh, yeah, he's got potential. Let's put him on the bench next week. And then they, then they start you. And then if you sort of like shit the bed three times in a season, you're back in the seconds. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. Well, I was thinking this the other day when I was having a depressive moment where... Just a moment? Yeah, it was just a, a particularly depressive moment, though. But it was, I was thinking about how it was like, I don't know where I thought I was going, but I had this realisation the other day that anything I do, I'm going to have to do now. Like, I can make a living doing stand-up. Yes, that's fine. But I don't think I can, I don't think I'm going to be able to achieve what I wanted to achieve by just being a club comedian. Like you say, I think I put too much... I've had great things happen. You know, like, I love doing tour support. I like doing TV warm-up. Less so, but I enjoyed it. I did stuff on radio. I did sort of bigger podcasts, you know, where it was like... Bigger than what? Bigger than normal podcasts, you know? Oh, just a normal one. Not this one. Not this one. No. What's bigger than this? But, and then that gradually dried up. You know, I don't... I can't see where the next tour support is coming from. I don't know. I, yeah, you know. but you never know. Things fall in your lap. I picked up, I was saying to you, it's not the same. I, I'm actually looking at my diary today and going, shit. I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to like spend no money for the first three weeks of January. Mm. And then just I've picked up a gig tonight in my hometown that's yeah. well paid. You yeah. just can't say that. And that could be a tour. I've never done tour support. I've never done TV warm-up. I, I've never wanted to. I really didn't. No, TV warm-up's not pleasant, actually, but it no, pays but enough to yeah. make you be able to do the other thing, pick and choose and do yeah. what you like. It takes the pressure off, certainly. Mm. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so I, it did sort of dawn on me that anything I want to do, and it's not saying it's out of, out of uh, what's the word, out of the scope. I don't yeah, know it's not, it. yeah, it's not off the table. But it's you not off the table, but I'm going to have to work it out, whether it be, you know, we do stuff through this podcast, you know, where people come and watch us. That I'm hopefully could do stuff with Ashens. I'm doing, you know, I think it's going to have to be. Yeah, there is a, there is. I'll tell you what it is. You get into it and you think, when I'm good enough, I'll be, get, I'll be given a chair yes. that says Ash Frith Comedian on it, and I'll sit in that. And then what you realise is you can. I've been going twelve. I've been I'll be going thirteen years soon. Mm. Um, well, you can't. Yeah, I mean, you take lockdown out of that, but I started in two thousand nine. And uh, you realise now that I'm not going to get, I'm going to always get better, I hope, but not going to get like drastically better now. I'm no. like not fully grown, but I mean, I'm, I'm not a teenager anymore in terms of like, do you know what I mean? But if I don't you're... think I'm now the person's choice. You know, like that, that's the other issue. It's like at a point when I started and things were going really well, I got very, very lucky very early on that I picked up lots of good stuff early on. And, but then I was 32. You know, oh, yeah, back. Yeah. I, was I was 32 30. when I started. Yes, yeah, so I was 32 when I started, I think. And, but now I'm 42. You oh. don't go, oh, I'm going to go on tour. Who am I going to take with me? You don't go, I'm going to take a 42. I was 33 blood. when I started then. Yeah, well, I'd start, I'm 10 years. No, no I was going to say, finish what I'm saying is, and you realise that now everything you get, you're going to have to hustle for it. But, yeah. Ash, but, Ash, this is the way I've tried to sort of look at it or try to sort of like change the way I look at it, hustling 
and doing something you like and making it happen yourself is actually you got to see that as a, a, a source of pride and something that's 100%. like hundred percent. And and it's not boring. If stand up become a job where like some agent phones you up right and goes, I'm your agent now. Tonight you're an exit at the Corn Exchange. Tomorrow you're at fucking I don't know or older shot in the fucking art centre. And yeah, you're making those, but if there's someone else is doing your diary and you're on a treadmill, it's not a job. I sort of like the sort of like troubadour aspect of it. I'm trying to. That's what I was trying to get. That's where I was thought I was heading towards, though, was this thing of it being a 50 50 thing. Like some of the agents that I've worked with doing other stuff, they've been very much like that. You know, it isn't like, I don't know, if you're working with Off the Curb or Amazon, um, Avalon, they are you are theirs, you are under so their job. control, and that's fine. And you get paid handsomely and you get more recognition. But listen, how old do you want to be a stand up? How long I, when I started wanting to, no, when you wanted to do it, when you was like when you first had the thought, you know, years and years like ago, 10, yeah, nine, 10. Right, I want to sit little, little 10 year old Ash on my knee right now and say, What do you want for Christmas, Ash? And I, want, like, I want to be a stand up. Okay, well, you can be, but you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to email people and ring people, but you will be able to make a living doing it. Yes, How's that yeah. sound? No, I like that. Yes, please. There you go. But I think, because I always wanted, when I was a kid, because all my favourite comedians were with Avalon, I thought that was the great, I was like, oh my God, I want to work, I want to be man here's the di- right. Here's the sort of dis- discrepancy, and I, I know exactly what you're saying. I'm too old. I'm way too old. You feel too old. But when I was younger and looked at Avalon, their acts were older than us. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, their big acts is like Mickey Flanagan, Michael. Mac- they're, they're the big acts that I wanted to be weren't young kids. No. When did that switch? That's why I feel like fuck me, I time everything so badly. The minute I, I'm an old guy that can wear a suit and do stand up competently, the industry all of a sudden wants fucking. That's what I mean. Eighteen-year-old really. hipsters in fucking dungarees. That's I think what kickers. I mean. Uh, but it, maybe it'll flip back. But yeah, so I did work for Avalon. You know, I got stuff for Avalon, and then I found out it was very difficult. Yeah, because you had to go around selling all that perfume, didn't you? And I did, some of it yeah. was a bit moody. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't like... And then I heard stories about them basically forcing people into 20, 30 grand's worth of debt. By and forcing people into suits. I know that one. Uh, that was the other lot. Oh, was it? It's, like, yeah, I was yeah. t- it's time for the suit. I think it's time for the suit. Yeah. And they take you to somewhere to get you fitted out in a suit and go, like, I think that you've got to other. wear this every time you're anywhere near a camera or on stage. You've got yeah. to wear this suit now. Because like, they started calling them suit comedians, didn't they? Yeah. I think that was the other lot. All right. Um, and, but then I do stuff for like um, Gag Reflex, you know, through Tapeface and Matt Ricardo. Yeah, yeah. And that, them, I was like, oh, no, this is what I want. That's what it turns out. It was like, they will just go. Oh yeah, we'll just speak to these people, and you will. We've got these gigs for you, but then you get your own gigs. And when uh, Damo Clark, he was with someone. I haven't seen. I think he lives in Ireland now, Damo. But I thought he was great. Um, his agency was like they didn't even take a commission on the stuff he got himself. They were giving him regular work to keep mm. him going, mm. and then he was like, "Well, if anything I get." They don't take anything. They don't that's take perfect. It. That's how it should be. That's and I was like, oh, otherwise that's, there's that's no incentive for them. If I went and got myself, like when there used to be jonglers, right? That's, that's a small fry. I'm just, but say when there used to be jonglers, if I had an agent that got me like hundred pound gigs here and there for someone like Murph, yeah. But I got him with jonglers and started doing like a 
fucking jongler's weekend you used to pay like five, six hundred quid. If you maybe yeah, more yeah. if you, yeah. Well, there's no incentive. They would stop getting gigs for me because the ones I'm doing, they'd we're be paying. Getting, yeah. I'd be the what gigs I got myself were better paid than the gigs they were getting me. That's there's actually exactly in, it. there's actually an incentive for them to do less for me. Yeah. And I think a lot of um, agents, I noticed this trend and I said it and no one listened, but I fucking, I was chicken licking again. The chicken lick, I don't know. Yeah, Whoever yeah, spotted something first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it wasn't, but it actually did. I, um, I noticed that uh, agents were signing young, attractive male and female comics um, and thinking they're shit at comedy, but they look a certain way. If they get an advert, and get 20 grand, we get 10% of that instead yeah. of 10. We, I just think they were just taking a punt and just signing them and doing nothing. Yeah, well, I went, I did a card journey once with Stephen Bailey, who's now on lots of TV stuff. And he, I remember him, so he was at an agency and he'd spent like three days, like they were saying, there's just not a lot on Stephen, there's just not a lot happening. So he spent three days hustling for gigs, emailing, phoning, blah, 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 and, and pulled up 20 gigs. Yeah, and he messaged the agent and just said, "Like you have got me nothing. You're telling me there's no work. I've just got twenty gigs in three days. Like, and you're expected to take ten percent of that, but you've told me there's nothing. So why should I?" And then he got an email from the boss of that agency, which was a big agency, and they said, "You've made so and so cry by sending that email. Like you've really undermined them. Really." But he's like, "Well, <laughs> what do you want me to say? You've absolutely." Mm fucked me over because like, if he hadn't the... done that three months later do you think he wouldn't wouldn't be crying when he's fucking can't pay his rent he's got to move him his parents or something exactly that no fucking life mate. but that was so oh, weird shit. for them to say no there's nothing mate there is no work and he's like i found work i've proved there's work you don't need an agent now and i know a lot of people no, you don't big no. bigger acts established acts let's say well there's no all... that circuit doesn't exist to have that's true agents. and also but now with with you everyone's accessible people just use that facebook professional comedy forum I mean, you don't need you don't need people's phone numbers and, and contacts. You don't need to work your way up and, and like, what do you call it? Yeah, make contacts and connections because it's all just the information is shared now. And the other re- the rest of it is a closed shop. So if you and were the using other it thing to try to TV, is like... Avalon won't use an off the curb act and vice versa. You can act, so you actually start getting into this kind of like war. Yeah, you end up being in this sort of, oh, we don't book their acts. We don't use them. Not that I'm yeah. just used them as two examples. Oh, I never would book their acts. I'd never book an act off that agent because he sent this really, that, yeah. that, that story you hear a lot. It was like, oh, they pro- I, I, I contacted them and said, can I have Jack Whitehall? And they said, no, but you're going to have this guy. And they sent basically an open micer. I know it's For exaggerated. Well, that, yeah. that story... <laughs> I know someone was booking a gig and uh, they booked Stuart Lee for something like three grand or something. And the day before they went, oh, Stuart's now no longer available, but we're sending you this person for three grand. And it was exactly that. It was someone who is me or you, basically. Well, this is the thing. The agent sent them for three grand. The act would have probably got maybe 500 quid. Probably. That's that's just, and then, so then that that, that booker, that promoter is going to be like, I don't use them. Then you sign to them, and then this club. It is so you're best off just being a lone wolf, maybe. I'm just trying to put a positive spin on it because I'm there as well. I've always known where I was, though. I'm the, I've always. But I think I'm... my mine was that I I just it, the dawning was that you've got to hustle for everything you get. You've got to work for it. Nothing's going to be handed to you. 
I, if you thought I it was, it I was might going have been a certain way. Yeah, I think I was naive. I thought I was going a certain way, and I got so much. Like every year, I had something where I went, "Oh, that was great," and I thought I was taking these steps to this this thing at one yeah. point. You feel like probably, a ladder, didn't it? But probably five years ago, that ladder, I'd stopped going up that ladder, and I just went to this yeah. point. And I still get good stuff. Don't get me wrong; I'm still mm. happy. And oh I still yeah, do good but gigs. you know, you can always take a step, look to the side, and there might be another ladder to the side. But yeah, it all just changed. In my mindset, changed. But yeah, uh, but there's so many other ways of doing it. You can do podcasts and grow podcasts. You can do stuff on like Twitch, for example, or YouTube, or uh, radio. Like me and Matt, only fans. Only, but genuinely, that kind of thing. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to make money, you can do it in different ways. But like when when me and Matt got that radio show a few years ago, and I thought to myself, "Oh, this is great! I've always wanted to uh, do radio," and that started, and then that changed, and then they stopped talking to us, and then it was like, "Oh, we're just doing this now." They're not answering. Like you'd ask a question, they wouldn't answer. I was like, "Oh, this isn't what I wanted either." Again, so close to what I thought I wanted. Yeah. And then it wasn't the right thing. Well, this is the uh, point in the story where most people actually feel like they've been forced on a different path, but it turns out to be the right path, if you know what I mean. Yeah. You might, you might look back and go, oh, I was waiting for the, or not waiting, because I'm not saying you didn't work hard, but waiting, it is kind of like you're expecting or anticipating some sort of validation and acceptance. And now you've sort of like accepted that might not be coming externally, then this might be where you do something and you go, oh, look back, that was the best thing, that dead end I went down. That dead end turned out to be actual. That, there was a springboard at the end of it. That always is what happens. Like normally, yeah. the biggest stride that happens happens just at the point where you think, "Ah, oh, it's fucked." Like I remember going the up darkest hour is just before dawn, Ashley. But I do think that does happen. I do think in your comedy, you go, "Ah, oh, this is shit," and I'm not enjoying these gigs, and they're rubbish. And then all of a sudden, you go, "Oh, it's because I was, I've well, reached a point." Let's just say someone I just mentioned, and forget his personal you know, uh, indiscretions. Louis C.K., I think, for me, probably, I don't love him, but I think he's the best that, that isn't Norm. Like, mm. in terms of, like, he, not everything he's done was good, but, you know, I like his sort of... I like the fact that he masturbates. No, I don't like that. I like, I like the fact that he's... The way he's artistically... Yeah. And I like the way he's kind of, like, just that right mix if he doesn't play he doesn't play the game at all he sells things he's an inspiration in that way he sells things on his own website he's the first person that paid to record his own specials rather than just sell them to someone and yeah, uh, see that was great I mean when that was happening I thought that's, that's why the- they outed him Everyone knew in the industry, and they outed him when he sort of like started circumventing them. He sort of like it is like you can have a conspiracy theory there, justifiably. I think like he just went, well, fuck the industry. I'm going to release it. All and the industry went, fuck you. We like you say, I think he had been you. doing this terrible stuff for a long time. A long time. And was it that it's not that terrible? This is the thing. It, it came out around the same sort of time in my mind. I've conflated him and Cosby. Not the same at all. Not illegal. Not nice. Not a good person. But not not abhorrent. It's not abhorrent. It's weird, I think, with Louis mm. C.K. You know, it was, he asked consent and they went, oh, no, that's gross. And he went, oh, okay. And then people go, oh, yeah, but the fact that they were supporting him and, you know, and I get all that power thing and it is not, it could be an abuse, but an abuse of power would be forced. I don't know. I'm getting into that, that murky world here, but it's not the worst thing. I mean, he's no R. Kelly, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, but it was a bad guy. Not illegal, abhorrent, disgusting, 
depraved, you know, it was, oh, you're a sleaze bag. But they all knew. And as soon as he said, fuck the industry, he didn't say, no, actually, mate, fuck you. But what I was saying about him is I saw this interview with him. I can't remember what it was on. It was a deep, a long form thing. It might have been WTF or it might have been um, on that talking funny he did with Seinfeld, Gervais and Rock. But I remember him saying he had this moment where he was doing the road and making decent money. And he was doing this material that he, exactly where I feel. And I felt there for a long time. And I was, I feel like I was sort of like going into the cocoon to change, but then lockdown happened. So yeah. I just sort of, but then he said, I just, why am I saying this shit? I'm going to, this is shit. And he had this moment of clarity. And then, like I said, and now he's talking, you know, he would be talking, he said that they had a bit, we'd be talking about road signs and mm-hmm. airplane food, you know, what the sort of stuff. This is what I, this is what I was trying to get earlier. I could write about anything. I know I can. And that's not been an ego. I know I, know I can make anything. I can look for the funny yeah. side in anything. But for some reason, when it comes to me selecting topics, I'm still scared yep. of going for anything other than that low-hanging fruit. I'm still going like the starting point has to be everyone will know what I'm talking about as accessible and relatable. And that's what's actually stopping me. I think that's because me. you're not a touring comedian. So you know that if you go up, if you went up yeah. on stage at Covent Garden Comedy Club and started doing some stuff that wasn't accessible, they wouldn't book you because they'd go... But, but the skill mate. is you've got to take it. And I don't even try and make it accessible in writing and behind closed doors. But you're right. So you go to see ex-comedian with their pictures all over the tube station advertised. You go, I want to hear what they think about everything. But you go to a comedy club, a mixed bill night, and there's someone you've never heard of. You don't want to hear what they think of it. You no. want to hear what you think. Yeah. So we're, we're more like um, mirrors to the audience rather than beacons of light, which you can yes. be once you've got a name. So That's but the I, problem. Yeah, that it was a problem, problem. But I'm now thinking, fuck it. I'm holding myself back by when I select topics, I'm still going, oh, so it ends up you talk about hack subjects. And I don't think I talk about them in a hack way. But they, but I go to the safety of uh, fucking well well trodden tracks. But do you know what I mean? That's why you need to. This is what I'm saying in a way, roundabout sort of way. That's why I thought I'd be ploughing my own furrow. I don't know if that's an expression. That's what you were doing before we started. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. I should have yeah, heavy my breathing. Um, I I honestly felt like I would be doing shows. I, I, like that's what I thought would happen. That's where I thought I was heading. Well, the reality I, is, mate, what's stopping you? Uh, audience yeah but you just do your show and you put it out on you do your first one and you do what mark normand and shane gillis and joe list have done and you put it out for free on youtube yeah, you well, go that... record it somewhere you record it at alex you speak to ross this is what we've yeah. been speaking we have been speaking about doing yeah well you gotta fucking do it mate this is the thing we've no, got me to and do. You. yeah i know <laughs> but you put it on and you put it on for free and yeah. you write yourself as you as you put that on there you keep doing your club set and you, then you start writing your second show and then you actually might be out of tour. You never know. But look, no one needs to, write an hour. No one needs to give you permission to write an hour of material. Oh, That's just do. us Could being you? fucking lazy. That's just Could us being lazy. Me? Can you give me permission? I want you to write an hour of material. Okay. Based on when, a theme. When by? Well, well Next week's podcast? June. No, June. no, but I'm saying you don't need permission to write a show. You don't need permission. You could put it out yourself. Yes. You could... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could you could go to Brighton or or Camden or one of the small festivals, do a three nighter, record all three on your fucking phone, mate, more or less, and just put it out there. Edit the three together, the best, and put it. And, of course you can. Okay, well, I've been trying to get you to do it with me. Oh, uh, I'm not doing it. Fuck so... that. I'm talking about you. 
<laughs> I'd like to do one night in one night in Panks. One night in uh, China. What was that famous? Was it one night in China? Paris. Was that what you said? I don't know. Panks, I said. Oh, Paris Hilton. And then China, the wrestler, did it. Yeah? Don't know. No, neither do I. Don't talk about So, um, yeah, we'll do it. And then we'll write shows and then we'll do shows and record them. That's what I want to do. I, I know, is, I know Sam, young Samuel will open for us. No, I'm not getting Samuel to open for us because I think he'll try and touch you on the end of the year, old Winky Wonk. I don't know if he would face to face. He's a cocky little fucker on the keyboard warrior. I've met him. Oh, maybe he would. He tucked you in your winky. He did. He took, and then we had to. Oh well, you know, one thing led to another. Yeah. Thanks, listener. Thanks for being there. Um, hope you enjoyed the Christmas Day podcast. Merry New Year. Merry New Year, everybody. Everybody, every soul. Everybody, every soul. And hey, if you're feeling a bit down in the dumps that you got a bit chubby, remember that that's just a vehicle that carts your beautiful soul around. Don't worry about it. Wow. Bit much, wasn't it? Bye.